Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, your favorite podcast about a couple who watch horror movies and talk about them at the beginning and end after watching them. That is my new summation. I am the girlfriend, Cindy. I'm Josh, and I think we should start writing these openings down so, so that I don't consistent with them. That might have been a good idea. Uh, happy opening day, baseball fans. Okay. That, that'll give you a hint as to when we're recording this. Okay. I don't know what to say. I'm sure my Mets will lose. So, welcome to... This is our John Carpenter... No, no it's Lovecraft-inspired movies, April? Yeah, Lovecraft-inspired okay. movies is perfect. Perfect. Uh, welcome to... Week. Dark City. Dark City, here we come. Uh, Dark, Dark City. City, released February 27th. 1998. 1998. February 27th, 1998. I was a senior in high school. I was a senior. Uh, yeah. I can't think of anything else that was really going on at that time. I, I'm bad at I'm bad at this game. I was in high school, maybe. Yeah. Wait. 99, 2000. No, I was a freshman. I was a freshman, I think. <laughs> or sophomore. I can't remember. It's 1998, y'all. Yeah. So. We're, we're wearing the flannels. You must then remember everything that occurred in 1998 since it was such a important year no, in your life. Don't. Well, let me refresh your memory. Do it. Uh, 1998 was the year that the Clinton-Lewinsky affair Boy, broke. Shoot him to the moon. Uh, the Winter Olympics were held in Nagano. Nagano, yeah. Yep. Uh, Titanic became the first film to make a billion with a B dollars. Sorry. Uh, it also went on to win 11 Oscars, including Best Picture. That was the year of the final episode of Seinfeld. Mark McGuire, appropriately for today... Uh, broke the bro, bro, uh, broke oh, Roger yeah. Maris's single season home run record. Is there an asterisk by his name or no? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Matthew Shepard was beaten and left for dead outside of Laramie, Wyoming. Oh yeah. And Bill Clinton was impeached. Yep. Nineteen ninety eight. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, that was the year that Elle Fanning and Ariel Winter were born. It was the year that Sonny Bono, Lloyd Bridges, Frank Sinatra, and Akira Kurosawa all died. Yep. And the Frank Sinatra was a big deal in New Jersey when he died. Yeah, Akira Kurosawa was a big deal in my heart. That one, that one was rough. Uh, that was also the year that the word fat, P-H-A-T, pretty hot hit, and tempting, hit its height with the release of what was it, Fat Farm Clothes? Pretty hot and tempting. And uh, yeah, there was a movie by the same name with, uh, gosh, I don't even remember, but yeah. 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 So, so, Cindy, this movie is rated R. Talk to me. It is one hour and 40 minutes, and I am actually more excited to watch this with you than any other movie we'll be watching this month. Why? Because where the Carpenter movies we watched are really my speed, I think this one might be yours. Okay. I'm thinking, and I specifically picked is it this Canadian? movie for you. No, no. surprisingly... Apparently, our podcast loves Canadian horror movies, like and we've watched Canada. a shitload of them. Well, yeah. Um, so this movie is co-written and directed by Alex Proyas. Proyas. It was his follow-up to The Crow. Oh, Josh, you know how The Crow hit me. 
Yeah. Especially in the 90s. Um, he Goth went, Cindy loved <laughs> her some crow. Yeah. He went on and to maroon do lipstick. My Robot and a couple other things, like Knowing with Nick Cage. But this is... This is what you think of. This is Alex Proyas in full crow mode. Like, he wrote this movie as he was ramping up and starting to shoot the crow. Mm-hmm. And this movie was originally supposed to have... Brandon Lee in the lead. But we all know how that turned out, guys. But that obviously did not happen. Nope. Uh, So this movie was also co-written by David S. Goyer, who did, I believe, the final pass on this. He wrote the Blade movies. He wrote Batman Begins. Nice. Batman v. Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. Never saw that one. Uh, Go ahead. That's pretty bad. And then also Lem Dobbs, who wrote The Limey. And the score. Okay. All three of these people worked on this movie. I, if I'm not mistaken, it, Alex Perez had the story idea. He wrote the first pass. Slim Dobbs wrote the second. And then once the money and everything came through and they were going to make it, Goyer did kind of like a final pass over and okay. changed a lot of the dialogue Kind of got final, uh, yeah. final say sort of thing. Okay. Um, this movie, I just made a note because In the Mouth of Madness was written and produced by Mike DeLuca. <sighs> Mike DeLuca also produced this movie. Gotcha. So there's a there's a DeLuca connection. DeLuca. Uh <laughs> so let's talk about who's in this motherfucker. Yes please. So this movie stars Rufus Sewell. I love that name. As, Continue. As John Murdoch. He was in The Illusionist and A Knight's Tale and he his like I said Murdoch is such a name used in Hollywood. Alright, continue, sorry. Yeah. His character was supposed to be Brandon Lee. Guys. So there somewhere you go. my Hedora Life Paint, Kristen, by the way, birthday today. Uh, a lot of connections. Is just come out of bases. laugh and the end. This image of Cindy that comes to her head when you say the words Brendan Lee and the crow um, really, I think, bring a smile to her face. Yeah. It, sure, it sure does me. Uh, how about, what if I said to you the second build name is... Kiefer Sutherland. Ooh. Yeah, as Dr. Daniel Schraber. Like someone whose name's Kiefer. Yeah, his, uh, he, he known from the Lost Boys, from 24, from, from Young Guns. From being fucking Kiefer Sutherland, people. Yeah, from being Kiefer fucking Sutherland and the son of Donald fucking Sutherland. Yep. Uh, Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly's in this. Okay. As Emma Murdoch. Murdoch. Yeah, you know her from the most disturbing scene ever in a movie with Requiem for a Dream. Uh, ass to ass. Uh, yeah, and also the Rocketeer. <laughs> and also Disney's the Rocketeer. Join us, won't you? Those movies could not be further apart. Correct. And she's really good at both of them. But for different reasons. Uh, yeah, there's no like ass to ass double-headed dildo scene in the Rocketeer. I roll and roll over, yeah. Yeah. Um, William Hurt's in this. He plays in Fr- Inspector Frank Bumstead. Uh, he's in Broadcast News. He's in History of Violence. Okay. He was the lead in that 90s Lost in Space movie. That, that nobody... We don't, we don't speak of that Big movie. time? We don't speak yeah. of that. Yeah. I liked it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I remember being little and liking it. Well, I remember liking Tasty Cakes, Jelly Crimpets as yep. well. Yeah, don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. Um, Richard O'Brien plays Name Mr. Sounds familiar. Hand. Oh, it's super fucking familiar. All right. So Richard O'Brien plays Mr. Hand. He like was name. the writer and also played Riff Raff 
in the there Rocky Horror Picture Show. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, Bruce Spence plays Mr. Well. Or, I'm sorry, Mr. Wall. He was the gyro captain in The Road Warrior. Of course the, he was. The second Mad Max movie. And I threw in a little bit, Melissa George Who's plays Melissa George? May. This was her first movie. She's in 30 Days of Night and Mulholland Drive. She okay. kind of had a... She's since somewhat disappeared. But she was an Australian actress who had a moment there. Gotcha. So She had a little shine on her in the there 90s. You go. Um, as you watch this movie... Who am I looking for? I'm, Can you? I actually want you to keep an eye on the sets. Oh. Because most of the sets were sold to the Matrix production once this was over. Ooh, so, so find recycled pieces. Yeah, so there's a lot. Like, the Matrix obviously was much bigger. Well, obviously. So when you watch the Matrix now, after or this, you can compare like, ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this has, this is a year before the Matrix, and definitely. There's an improvement. Yeah. Like the, the Matrix took the look of this movie and made a story that was more widely consumable. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's Show see. me. The average oh. shot length of this movie is what is one point eight seconds. So there is a, a cut lot of cutaways. Roughly every two seconds in this movie, wow. give or take. It's a lot of cutting, and this film appears in Roger Ebert's. Great movies list. Roger Fun. Ebert loves this movie. I like this movie a lot, and I think you're going to like it a lot. Okay. So this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster from the film, and I uh, tell you what it's going to be about, based solely on the poster. Here we go. Boom. A man laying on a clock, screaming, They built this city to see what makes us tick. Last night of a... Okay, last night, one of us went off. Oh. Okay. Dark City, from the director of The Crow. Very blue. All right, so I'm going to say that Dark City is a Truman Show-like city where everyone just watches and uh that everybody in the town does not know about it and about one guy who starts thinking that maybe maybe that's what's going on and he gets violent you're weirdly kind of super in the ballpark hell yeah (laughs) look look, every once in every once in a hundred i'm gonna get one right no that's two you're two for a hundred i forget what other movie it was but there was one that you like, you nailed it. You're like, boop, boop, boop. And I was like, damn, you just actually like described the plot of the movie. Sweet. Where can we find this one? Uh, Other Amazon. than on your Blu-ray. It's on Amazon. Amazon there, for a fee. Yeah, there is a director's cut. I would definitely do director's cut. Like, they made him the student, by, by they, I mean the studio. Gotcha. Watch this and they're like, this movie is crazy town. And we don't understand what's going on. So you're going to cut some shit out. And you're going to like put voiceover exposition especially at the beginning they blade runnered it basically ah uh, and it's eh, just watch the director's cut okay get what alex Boyas was trying to do before alex Boyas made gods of egypt and became like a laugh- laughable thing oh but, all right well here we go join this one too mind the doors dark city
New Dark City. That's what I would call the sequel. New New Dark City? New Dark City. And it would be about um, like a place like Brooklyn. How about Dark City or then the Dark Cityist? Dark City with a Vengeance. Live Free or Dark City? Dark City Five. Two City. Two Dark Two City. <laughs> dark City Two, Electric Boogaloo. Welcome back from watching Dark City. Now I'm just picturing a perfect Dark City version, but like it's all on roller skates. So that's interesting. I'm down. I'm down for that. What did everyone think? Let's get an opinion. I'm honestly still at roller skates. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the roller skate movie Linda Blair made. Like when she was trying to not be the kid from The Exorcist. Was it? I bet you it was a roller derby movie, wasn't it? No. It was like a roller skating dancing movie. Hey, wait a minute. Like Let's roller, talk about this. Is it Roller Boogie? I hope so. I think that's the name if of that's it. That's not the name boogie? of it. I hope it is. I wish it was. <laughs> that's and a, if it's, it's a not movie. if that's not a movie, I'm gonna make it. They, it's like her and then they got like a I believe a non actor to play her male co star, but the non actor turned out like to be a, like Richard Gear. No 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 no. Oh. He's like a world renowned like skating champion. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> So they made a movie about skating. Yeah, they basically got him so he could skate and he looked good. And then they got her to be like, all right, now you do the acting, Linda. You act. Do it! This guy is just going to skate good. Well, that has nothing to do with Dark City. Not at all. But I I enjoy that movie. (laughs) Did you enjoy Dark City? I don't know where that came from, but yeah. I enjoyed Dark City. Mm -hmm. I get why this was not the hit The Matrix was, though. Yeah, I can see that. But it was a great movie. I think it's Jennifer Connelly, right? I think she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was layered, Sewell. and it, it very slowly revealed itself. It's it like the secret. Like, it wasn't like a big twist. It was more just like a, huh. And yeah. you kind of were along for the ride. I believe you would say this movie is like an onion. Ooh, it has Every like, layer you peel, there's another one. Well, I would call it a parfait, but okay. A parfait? A parfait. I, I prefer onion. <laughs> yeah. We're it's, so, it's simple. We're I'm so a simple Shrek. man. <laughs> okay, simple let's recap this needs. movie. So this movie is about a, a man wakes up um, from what apparently like a heroin overdose, but a man wakes up with no memory of anything, and he's told to like, okay, leave. So it's gonna be, I'm like, all right, it's going to be one of those movies. But it turns out that um, the world that he's in is a more like a, it's like a habit trail for aliens. I don't know what that is. Like, uh, like a hamster with like all the like oh. tubes and stuff. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like a description. Yeah. And I learned something just now. Oh, the more you know. <laughs> and uh, he, he just and he uncovers the truth and basically whenever they well it's not whenever they want there's a scheduled time that they you know everyone kind of uh, the humans shut down and then they're like all right let's try this and they like rearrange like it's a dollhouse and then boot it back up again and see what happens and they're trying to find out what it is the human soul right Yes, because they're trying to, they're an alien species that's dying and they want to know how we persevere so they can steal that knowledge to keep their species alive. I wasn't sure why they were doing it other than just, you know, for shits Um, and giggles. 
IMDb has it as a man struggles with memories of his past, which include a wife he cannot remember in a nightmarish world no one else ever seemed to wake up from. This movie is very similar to The Matrix. Yes, it was. And they're very close um, to release it. I think it's like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Separate them. I don't remember um, when The Matrix came out. I'm sorry. 1999. I All think. right. I, I actually, I actually have seen The Matrix. All three, but I don't remember them. Yeah, they're the first one's really good. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Now let's let's just talk for a second about this and The Matrix. Okay. So, both of them are. With this, it's an alien species who is testing humans to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And then the Matrix, it's future technology machines have cocooned us to live off our bioelectricity. And then they just trick our minds into thinking that we're in a mundane, normal world. Right. They're both basically, we think we're in a mundane, normal world. Except um, we're not. the world of <laughs> Dark City is a Kafka-esque fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's just the same day over and over, it's and over like again. Ni- it's, it's always dark. Well, dark. And, the and you don't know whether it's 1945, 19, it's 1950. Like, the time period is really weird. There's and a man with an accordion. Yeah. Large accordion. Well, William Hurt with yes. an accordion. Yeah, so this movie is basically like Kafka up until it becomes Lovecraftian, which is interesting. Yes. And okay. I do like the fact that... What an interesting... <laughs> <laughs> when if you were to just have described this movie to me, I would not have wanted to see it. <laughs> if I said it's Kafka all the way till it turns into Lovecraft, Lovecraft. like mm, yeah, big giant roaches, um, um, transcendentalism. Okay, no. So the thing about this movie is is I think it works because of the mystery. Like, what do you mean? You you want to know what's going on? Right? Oh, the way yeah. it starts with him just waking up in that. Uh, bathtub right and then he's he gets out and there's like the fish and his wife is and like the the murdered prostitute right with the spirals on her you're like what the fuck is happening and then they sub the guy at the front desk out and he meets him like everything just kind of is moving and you don't know what's happening and you see these like interesting characters and you just pick up on like things are different wait how many days has it been and then it, the sun never comes up. He's being chased by Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, <laughs> this movie is... It's everything. ...really, really interesting. And I think the mystery is what keeps you giving a shit. Otherwise... Because, I'll be honest with you. I like this movie a lot. And it totally works for me up until the very end when we're suddenly, like... When they're at the beach? You mean the... No, no, no. Oh. Even before that, like... I think the idea of him having powers because he's evolving and gaining their power is was a cool idea. And I think it's a really cool idea of... We haven't talked about this yet, but they, they give you the shots in the head Ugh, to yeah, muddle your gross. memories. Yeah. And Keeper Sutherland has the one where it gives him a lifetime of like training those powers in like seconds. Right. That was super fucking cool. It was a good concept. But then after that hits the problem that any movie with telekinesis or telepathy has, which is how do you make two people like staring at each other and just making faces while shit happens around them? Yeah. Cinematic. Yeah. Like I think the only person who's done it well 
is Brian De Palma and Carrie. I thought this one, you're talking about the big end fight. Yeah. I thought this one was done I mean, as well as it could. It, it was kind of yeah, laughable. As yeah. well as it could. Like, it just, once the mystery solved and he comes into his powers and becomes like a Jesus figure. I was again, thinking which more is very like interesting. But also very Dune, very Jesus-y. I kind of don't care as much. <laughs> like, because the mystery is what is what's kept me in the mood. And once, you so fit, once it's solved, yeah, you want it to wrap yeah. up pretty quick. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I would agree with that. No, okay, no, have your mind power battle so I can get out of here. I, yes, it did. It did seem like it, it took forever to reach the end. It was like, okay, that battle, cool, got it. Oh, we still have like 20 minutes left. Okay, what? You know, well, it wasn't 20, I think it was like 10 or 15, but it just seemed like that last little bit was like, I, I kind of checked out as well. That's fair. Yeah. And it's because once the mystery solved, I think this movie kind of unravels. But that being said, that listener, being said, this, so the last 20 minutes is okay, but mm-hmm. every minute before that, I am 100% into this movie. Same. It like, was very intriguing. It was a good watch. This movie also, I think, sh- like, slyly fits the Arkov formula. I think. What do you think? <laughs> so, if we're going by Samuel Z. Arkov's acronym for the perfect exploitation movie based on his name, A, action. Yes. Literally, we're dropped uh, in media risks. Revolutionary? I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is kind of playing like like you say the sandbox, but it, it's a new idea. It's a new take on it. Killing, yes, there's a dead hooker. There's several dead hookers. Well, there, well, I mean, right at the beginning, though. Oh, yeah, a lot of dead hookers. Oratory. Um, All the best lines go to not our hero, which I think is interesting. The goes to William Hurt's character. Or Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, who talks like this. The whole time. Yeah. Oh, I am a doctor who works in dreams. I'm here to scramble your memory. And it's like, oh, okay. I don't, man, whatever. Uh, there was also a shitload of water for an alien species that was inherently afraid right. of water. Yeah. That was weird. So that's I guess, the thing. Hmm. It, water I, I is think, a good way, like a natural boundary to keep, kind of like in the Truman Show, to keep people in. Yeah, but maybe. it wasn't. It wasn't on the outside. It wasn't. I think it's honestly. And honestly. This is gonna be a really simple explanation for this. If you watch this in the Crow, I just think it's because Alex Perez likes rain. It might. <laughs> like, it won't rain all the time. <laughs> I honestly think that's what it is. I think it's just he was like. This is mega rain because it looks cool. Mega rain. Yeah, and then we have fantasy and fornication. Definitely fantasy about aliens and yeah, all that stuff. There are boobies in this they're, movie. In the first ten minutes. And they're nice. Oh, well, so that's, that's very nice. sweet of you. To Not that the dead wink. lady, but like Melissa George's boobies are in this and they're really nice. Yeah. Oh, we see it twice. Yeah. So, boom. This is her film debut. Hit me up with some trivia. Well, before we do that, let's go back and talk about what this movie's about. Oh, okay. You think there's a hidden agenda to it, dear? No, I don't think there's a like a hidden secret. I just think there's a couple things that I was thinking about with, with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, go for it. I think this movie asks, what is memory? 
and how does our memory work? Okay. And is our memory what defines us as people? Are we a reliable narrator of our own existence? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I think we like to think we are. That's what I think. Yeah, I think we, we have such a grasp of like the immediate around us that, like for instance, when that hole gets blown open, and then you're like, oh, they're in space. Like it changes everything, right? Like, yes. The suddenly, whole, it's yeah. a whole different ball game mm-hmm. because it's beyond. Like the worlds be move beyond like their normal interaction in the city. It's like, oh my god, this this huge thing, and you can't get away. I. But well, yeah, but hmm. I'm just I, I'm coming back to I because I picked up on the water thing as well. Sorry, I'm still back on that because that I I wanted to know where that trope came from that aliens don't like water because that's something that M Night Shyamalan picks up on too. Um, and so like it makes sense in this movie that you would have a natural boundary. You know what I mean? And a, an ocean. That makes yeah, sense. but th- there's not an ocean. Like, it, it doesn't exist until he creates it at the end. Yeah. Like, there are... There's a lot of water. Um, well, and, I mean, I guess... And like, I, sewers and stuff. And they yeah. totally control the design of everything. <laughs> so why does it have to be that? Why is it always, like, raining? Good point. If they're afraid of water. I, I just... Honestly, it goes back to he thinks it's cool. But... <laughs> I think you're right about that um, but yeah, like, what is memory? What does it mean to be human? How does our memory work? Does our memory define us? I think it's interesting that our main character, our representation, our, our representative character in the story, has no memory. Correct. And he is fighting like a thousand bad guys that have a collective memory. Oh, well, that's interesting. Right? Like, what one of them knows, they all know, because Mm -hmm. they all share, like, a memory. But he has all their powers, but no memory. It's like a clean slate of... And then he has to learn both things at the same time. Who he is in that world and what's going on behind the scenes. And how to use that power. Agreed. Yeah. So, I think that is kind of what this movie is. Okay. It's honestly, like... It's not a stretch. It's the hero's journey. It's the messiah thing. It's Luke Skywalker becoming a Jedi, like... Yeah. Colin Rockland becoming, you know, the Moab Deeb. Every, yeah. <laughs> it's it's coming into an extraordinary power that makes you, like, God level. Like, Keanu at the end of The Matrix is what this movie is. At the end of this is. movie. And, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, the look and kind of feel of this movie. Very remind, much like The Crow. Yeah, reminded me of two other movies that I think I actually like maybe even more than this. Which are City of Lost Children. I have not seen it. And Brazil. Oh, yes. It did remind me of Brazil. Like, the whole, like, labyrinth, bureaucracy, nightmare, hellscape. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. It reminded me of Brazil. And Brazil's legitimately one of my all-time favorite movies. Like... We have a very nice poster uh, Mm -hmm. to that. Um... (laughs) So, I mean, what do you think? About I like the this whole movie. I think memory, hmm. human soul thing. Yeah, I what's in? I didn't even think about it until now. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't. Uh, after the movie, I wasn't left with like, oh, the human existence, and you know, like you just said, the collective memory versus one person's memory, and then two sides and all that. I, I'm thinking about it now. I agree, but. 
I don't... Hmm. If that was the message that the movie was trying to get across, it wasn't done well. Because I'm not... Just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm only now thinking about it because we're talking about it. It wasn't obvious to I don't me. think it was the message. I don't think he was necessarily, like, crafting this movie to be like, what does it mean to be human? How does memory... I think those are questions that come out of the movie. Okay. Like, those are the things... Uh, yeah. That's where my brain goes when I watch this movie. I'm like, oh, it it's very interesting to me that he has no memory and all of their power, yet he's aligned against a species that has a collective memory. Right. And the same power, and it's, you know, what will win out. Because they're studying us. And like, is the human existence swapping, ultimately prevail? Yeah, or? swapping us to see if we do things differently depending on our background and our social status. And whatever memories or, you, you know, know. And if, right. if that's... If our experiences what are what makes us have a soul and be human, or if it's the other way around, and I think this movie posits the other way around, like agreed, because he falls in love with Jennifer Connelly, even though they've been programmed to be in love, and right? It's not real love, but yet they decide that they're they are that's gonna be a thing. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a, <laughs> and that's the end of our trivia. Would I watch this again? This is one I think I would watch again. I think this was, it was really intriguing. It did have like that mystery element into the fantasy, plus the side, it, it had a lot of interesting layers, like we said. I don't think I would watch this with anyone over, say, 70, because for that exact same reason, a lot of layers, too many layers. Uh, do you, do you want me to throw some trivia at you? Yeah, tell me about something. <laughs> Nobody died on this set, so that's uh, great. Yeah, that's a thing. So Ro- <laughs> Roger Ebert called this the best film of 1998. Oh, he and, really liked it. Yeah, included it in his great movies list. Like, he, he loved the shit out of this movie. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, nothing on this movie was filmed on location. It was all sets that were... Yeah. Intentionally made to affect the audience psychologically. So the angles were odd. The ceilings were slanted in weird ways. I picked up immediately the opening song where we meet Jennifer Connelly. She's singing a marimba and she's standing perfectly still. And I was like, that is super awkward. Why do they have her doing that? But it makes sense now. Deadpan delivery of it. Mm-hmm. Very deadpan. Everything was meant to set you like off balance. Yeah, there's just um, something not right. Which, speaking of that, there were many deliberate anachronisms that were designed to confuse us about what time period this movie takes place in. Yeah. When does this movie take place? I don't know. Right. Because like, we have cars of kind of. It's the like the fifties. It's like the Maltese Falcon in space mm-hmm. with riffraff aliens. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the filmmaker cited the 40s, 50s noir films, uh, sci-fi films, Metropolis and Akira. I did not see either of those two, but okay. And The Twilight Zone okay. as uh, influences on this film. I definitely saw the noir thing. Yes. So I definitely I. saw... Jennifer Connelly makes a great femme fatale. Yeah, I definitely... Her hair is made for 40s movies. Definitely. Um, I definitely saw... The Metropolis connection, like the Fritz Lang 1927, like... I've never seen it. Labyrinthian sets. Okay. Akira, I guess, with, like, the mind powers and stuff, but 
Akira's very bright, and that's what I think of when I see that movie. Is just it's very neon, and that's definitely the opposite um, of this. And then the Twilight Zone, obviously, with the the, twi- the twist, the twist, space. They're on a spaceship. Um, <laughs> and after the first screening, they had several walkouts, and the studio told the director Alex Proyas to quote dumb it down. Oh, um, and this it was led too existential. For this him. led to the film being cut, and they filmed a different opening. Uh, that led into the opening that you saw that had a Kiefer Sutherland voiceover that basically told you what was happening. <laughs> they oh, Blade Runner did. They Blade oh, Runner did. Gotcha. Um, we saw the director's cut yeah, then, I guess. Because we're not monsters. Okay. Um, always, not always, but most of the time do the director's cut. Sometimes. That's the original vision. Yeah. Sometimes they're not better. Looking at you, Michael Mann. I don't know why you just can't leave things alone. But, uh... Pro- okay. <laughs> Pro, uh, Alex Proyas, the director, said, The strangers can see and alter or change the city and put people to sleep at will, but they can't alter or stop time. So people apparently originally thought they could change time or stop time. They cannot do that. They can just make the human sleep. They just put Okay, I sleep. think I... Yeah, okay. That, that, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And he also said that the ship uh, is going somewhere, and that the location and the lead character John Murdoch's unlimited power that he has at the end of the movie, and how it would affect someone having unlimited power, would be the basis for the sequel if the sequel had ever happened. Electric Boogaloo. Where they're going, and how, how does he handle that there. power? Um, and then there were actually two different schools of thought. So there's Alex Proyas. This is also very interesting. It might lead us down a top a road. So the director and then one of the screenwriters who did the last pass and actually added a lot of shit to it. So Alex Proyas believed that the humans had been passengers on an interstellar spaceship that had been captured by these strangers, while the screenwriter Goyer believed that it was some sort of purgatory and that if they had okay, died, like an existential there. And it was very Kafka-like. Either one of them, I think, is valid. Yeah, and I think both of them are evident in the movie. Because you kind of, like, yes, you know that it's an alien ship, but you don't really know where they got those people. Were they corpses? Were they, like, you, like the original... Mm-hmm. Or like the director's idea that, you know, it's almost like hostages. What What's their story? So, yeah, I can see both of those coming I, through. I definitely lean toward Alex Proyas' alien right. explanation. Because I think it makes a little more sense. Because they mention that when someone dies that the aliens take them over. So all of the... Oh, I forgot about the, that. The, the baddies... Yeah. Um, are people that have been dead for a long time. Oh, I forgot about... Okay, well, that... Yeah. So... What are we doing next week? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie, and the more I think about it, the more layers you pull back. So next week, we're going to do a 1963 Roger Ooh. Corman film called X. That's the year of... The Man with X-Ray Eyes. I was in high school then, I think. Yeah. Okay. That's also the year that... Kennedy got shot. More on next time. <laughs> Join us next week, won't you? <laughs> Mind so, the doors. Yeah, seriously, though, before you go, 
this movie was a lot of fun, and you should definitely watch this if you guys haven't. Agreed. All right. It's fun. We love you. Bye. We'll see you next time.